0: A shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a bud shall blossom. Hello, this is Father Thomas, and welcome to the Sprouting Stump podcast series, where we reflect on the readings that come to us from the Mass each day. When we take a little time to let the Spirit come upon us, a bud shall indeed blossom in our hearts, so we might be renewed in spirit and strengthened in faith, as we take this time together to enter into that beautiful Word that comes to us from God.
1: For this 17th Sunday, in ordinary time, Father discusses how God works to answer our prayers. Our gospel today
0: includes readings from some of the most challenging ones to preach about. If you listen to what Jesus was telling us, it sounds like if we just bother him a little bit, he's going to answer our prayer. He's going to give us what we're asking for. Seek, you shall find, knock the door to be opened. ask and you will receive. But I'm guessing that every one of us, at some point in our life, would for something good that we didn't get. It. Anybody not have that happen? I mean, I asked my voice to be a little bit better. That's something good, right? It still hasn't happened. As you all know, we have to suffer through that. Anyway. But the truth of the matter is, Jesus was not fluffing us when he said that. He always responds to our prayers. It's never a no. It's just simply not in the way that we might be asking it. Because we have to recognize that God operates under different principles than we do. When we pray, tend to think that our situation in our life is the only one that's around us so that nothing else really matters. At least that's the way we tend to pray. And we forget that we are simply one set of people in a world of people. And God sees the whole picture. And God works every time He answers prayers based on five principles that always are consistent. He has to work on these principles because He's God. And the first one is... He can see what we cannot. He knows what we do not know, and he's able to look at things that we cannot look at. He sees the future, he sees the hearts of others. For example, I had a friend whose son had recently graduated college, and he kept applying for a job, and he kept getting turned down. He was getting a little bit discouraged, thinking, when am I ever going to get a job? Well, a job is a good thing, right? right? Especially if you're a parent wanted to get your kid out of the house, you want them to have a job, so will leave you alone. So it's not a bad thing to ask for a job, we need to support ourselves. So she was praying, and he ended up having becoming a final applicant with one other person in a very good job opportunity. It had everything that they were looking for is someone close to home, good income, good benefits. It was almost like the perfect job. You didn't get. It. My friend was a little bit ticked to God. So she went and talked to a priest and said, You know what? I'm not really happy with God. I prayed for this over and over again. And Jesus says if we're persistent in prayer, He'll give us that which is what we need. And the priest, in his wise years, said the same thing that I said to her Have you ever considered the possibility that this other person might have needed it more than your son? That maybe this person was financially destitute and didn't have anything else. Maybe this person had just gotten through a bad divorce and this would have been their only source of income. Maybe this person had been struggling for years to find a job and they were so desperate that if they lost this job opportunity, it would have turned to drugs or alcohol. Have ever given any consideration to that? And of course, the answer was no. So, so, once you do consider that, is your prayer the same? anyone that has any sense of heart would say, no, my prayer would no longer be the same. I would pray that the other person gets it. Because if a prayer would have still been, that my son gets this job, then God would have ignored that prayer anyways. Because the second principle that God always works on is He never acknowledges a prayer that has made the selfishness. As soon as our focus of prayer is ourselves and what we He doesn't answer prayers made in selfishness because he's not a God of selfishness. So once that prayer becomes self motivating or self motivated, God says it ain't going to be answered no matter what you ask them. The other premise that we also have to recognize is that God always seeks the good that is the greatest good. He's not too concerned about what happens in this life. He's concerned about what happens for eternal life. So he's always looking to what is going to bring people closest to God. And there's lots of goods in this life we might be asking for. We want people to be healthy. We want people to be able to have food. We want people to be able to have security and all those things. But those things don't always bring people closer to God. And it could be when somebody is struggling financially, God's saying that is the one thing they need to return away from material possessions and to turn to me. So no, I'm not going to help them to be wealthy or even richer until their heart can open itself up to what is truly good and rich. Because God will never do that which mentions us. It's another principle of God. He cannot answer a prayer in any way that us as a people that makes us less holy in any conceivable way. God says, I cannot do that. Because I am God. And God always acts in love because God is love. everything he does is always for that which is for the best of his people. Which brings up the other principle. He always does that which is best of all his people. All. If we could truly look at the impact that our prayers have on the entire world, I bet you most of our prayers would change. If we can look to see what our decisions, or what we're looking for ourselves, and somehow how it makes an impact on the rest of the world, we probably would change our prayers. Because God sees that, and we do not. When we pray for good things like an end of abortion, an end of pornography, an end of this and that and other things, we don't want hurricanes, we don't want tornadoes, we don't want natural disasters. But God sees the goodness of the entire people and what's required bring them to Him. And sometimes things that we don't see as good, God sees as a way to bring people back to Him. For example, first reading today, Sodom and Gomorrah. Do you think God wanted to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? He says this is the only way to waken people up to what they were doing. They needed to come face to face with their own evil before they would turn to good. Sometimes God allows things like that to happen to waken us up to the greater evil so that we'll turn to good. Sometimes we need to be face to face with the consequences of our stupidity to realize how stupid we can be. And God sees that, and we do not. It brings up another principle of God. He can bring about that which is good and that which is evil. He can accomplish something greater than what we see as something less. He can achieve victory in our lives when we are suffering defeat. He can bring about a greater glory from something that we see as glory So sometimes we are asking for success and some venture God gives us defeat. We will ask for health and He makes us sick.
1: We want to end is something
0: to ease our burden, and God increases the cross. We ask to win, and God makes us lose. We're thinking, God, you didn't answer my prayers, and God says, I answer the depth of your prayer. Because what is it that we truly long for more than anything? What is the deepest recess of our hearts? What do we want for our for our loved ones, for ourselves, for our neighbors? The answer is the same for every single person in the world. Unless you're truly evil. We want their happiness. We want them to experience the beauty of love, of goodness. And God knows this. And so he answers prayers in such a way that it brings about that which we truly long for, but never in ways that we can always seek to ask for, Because we can't see what God sees. We don't know what he knows. Experiencing. So we have to trust in that. There's lots of things in this world that we look at and we think, my God, God, why don't you do something about it? I was just watching a I mean, I was watching a movie last night. It almost made me rethink my entire problem. because I started questioning God. It was a movie about the situation at the border of Juarez, uh, Juarez Mexico. And shortly after the Agreement, they started building all kinds of industries and factories right along the border because of the Free Trade Agreement, and companies were taking advantage of this. And The most prominent worker in most of these factories was young women. And they were working for low wages to support their families, but they often would
1: have to take buses to get to where they were going, and there was
0: absolutely no protection for them. What was happening? Girl, after girl, after girl was being raped, murdered, and buried out in some desert. Everybody was covering it up. The businesses, the local police, the governments. Most people knew about it, and it kept happening over and over talking about a few, we're talking about over 5,000, say, God, why did you let this happen? Because I can take good and bring it forth to me. Which he answered prayers is always this I gave you free will, and some people abuse it. And I have to allow for that out of love for them. So sometimes horrible things happen because people choose evil. If God then turns around and says, system, that evil I will bring about. Because God is always just. Just like He's always merciful. And we might be thinking, why are these people going to pay the price of their sins? God says everybody will pay in some way. But my way. I will bring about justice in this world. My way. And I can assure you, as much as we get angry, world, as much as we get irritated because our prayers aren't answered, as much as we get frustrated with God because things still happen that we don't want to happen, there's not a single person who is in heaven right now that asks God, why don't you do anything different? Because every one of them sees God and says, you do exactly what is best for your people. That is the power of the Our Father. That's why Jesus starts off, Luke starts off this passage with speaking to the Our Father. He uses a different version of it because he's preaching to the Gentiles. But as we know, what's the Our Father saying? Our Father, Lord art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Because when God's will is done, the best happens for the most people. His desire is not that we are saved, but everybody is saved. Everybody comes close to him. And he will do whatever is necessary to save his people. And yes, some people have to bear a heavier burden, but he will reward those people. Some people have a greater cross, but he will give them greater glory. Some people will suffer more, but they will be given more pleasures in the heavens. with God, questions God. And as soon as we start to put our faith in Him, our prayer will always be, God, this is what I desire. But that your will be done. There's the prayer of Jesus in the garden. Could you imagine if God had answered his prayer? God, take this cup away from me. Okay, Jesus, you don't have to suffer and die. What did He just do? Do the entire human race. And Jesus knew that and said, Your will be done. Because I know this is what's best. Of course, we can do the cop out and say, Well, then now you just won't pray for anything. I want to say, God, every day I say, your will, your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. So our prayers for the faith are always going to be this God, your will be done. Number two, God, your will be done. Number three, God, your will be done. And God says, Stop trying to cheat. Express. What you're longing for. Why? Why not to say, God, that will we be have done? Because God wants us to be honest with ourselves about what we want. What is our priorities? What is important to us? What are we truly seeking? I'm going to give you every one of you a challenge. Write the petitions for Mass in the next four weeks. And see where your heart goes. God wants us to give these specifics to Him because it identifies what we believe is truly important, what we are needing, and it also connects our hearts with the needs of others, and connects our hearts with the heart of God. And that's important to do. It's a form of love. But I will tell you this. There's not a single prayer offered in faithful love, not a single prayer. For and faith and love that God does not answer in His way. No prayer is ever refused to bring about good in the world. It just not might be the way that we see it. We might pray, you know what, my child lost their job. They had to take a lesser job they can't pay their bills. I want them to have another job. But God says no. I'm going to give them wisdom to use their money more wisely. Maybe in the end they find out that by being more wise with their money, they're in the same financial spot they were when they had a better job. So financially they're doing just as well, but spiritually they're doing a lot better. But that's how God operates in this world, and we need to trust in that. Because we don't start to trust in God's goodness, and the power of that prayer that we have with Him, when we see things like I saw in that movie last night, we can do it in despair. We can start to question God's goodness. We get angry. We say, God, why didn't you do this for me? It's that I am doing it for you. But in the way that is best for you. God never responds with love. We have to believe that. If we were weak, sinful, to give what is good to our children, how can we possibly question that God Himself would not give what is best to His children?